what if I told you that healing never happens at the level of the body? What if I told you that instead healing only happens at the level of the mind? Well, this week on the Sovereign Woman Movement Show podcast, we've been talking about the foundational psychology of healing, which includes self-efficacy. And today I'm really excited to bring forth our Friday co-host, Vida de Lizzie, who's going to help me decipher and break this all down for all of us. Satnam, beautiful goddesses. I am Jyoti Rajib Kaur, and I help overachieving women of color take their sovereignty back by healing their inner child wounds, reprogramming the subconscious mind, and breaking ancestral karmic cycles. And this is our movement. Satnam, beautiful goddesses. Happy, happy Friday to each and every one of you. Big, huge shout out to all of you that listen on the podcast, whether you're streaming from Apple, Spotify, Google, or even from my website, which we do get a lot of hits from the website. Just want to say first and foremost, thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. I really appreciate the support and more importantly, the community that we are building here of women that are taking their sovereignty back by not bypassing their own healing. And of course, for those that join me here live on Instagram, God morning, happy Friday to all of you. We are going to wait for Lizzie to join us here so we can add her to the call. So she can also give us her perspective as it relates to self-efficacy. We have a lot to say about this today and I will go ahead and bring her on board. Happy Friday, beautiful Lizzie. We always wait for the technology to make sure that it actually works. There she is. Satnam, how are Hi. you? Good. Of course, like all my cords decided to go crazy on me and my phone started to die. Your cords or your cords? My cords, you know, like my connections. Oh, of course. That happens right before. Every time I try to go live right before, like it shuts down or it just ticks me out after I typed everything in because, you know, it's always Mercury retrograde when you're going live. First yeah. and foremost, uh, your hair looks fabulous. I'm really, really liking that cut on you. I, I, I don't think everybody can pull off short hair. What do you think? Really? Because I feel like I can't pull off long hair. Maybe because I have really thin hair, I need to have short hair. I don't know, but it looks hot. I love it. Loving the look, loving the side part. So happy that you are here with me today because you know that what he, we have been talking about this week is pretty deep. You know, the first thing that I said here as we started our, our show today is that healing never happens at the level of the body, that we must always look at healing at the level of the mind to really get to the root cause so that we don't relapse and go back into the same behaviors that take us back into the same illness or the same addiction. And so today we're going to be digging up more around this subject matter, around self-efficacy. I know that you have yourself been tuning in and you've been uh, listening to, the, to what we've been discussing here, the different areas of self-efficacy, the components, and how do we increase our self-efficacy, what our obstructions are, our challenges. First of all, let me ask you this. What is your perception as it relates to self-efficacy and where have you seen yourself also uh, maybe even challenged where you need to strengthen it or you need to actually grow it more? That's, yeah, I'm glad you asked that question because it's like what I had messaged you in the text message this morning. First of all, I had to go on YouTube and, and, and YouTube um, self-efficacy because I had no idea what... I hadn't heard that term before, you know? I didn't realize how important it was um, for mental health, actually. Um, let me just fix this, sorry. That's okay. Rukia loves your hair, by the way, she says. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I know I, I, it's... It's very easy to work with too, which I love. So thank you so much. <laughs> so I had to self-efficacy because, you know, I've turned into a, a listener. I, I don't like to go on Google and Google stuff. Now I, I figured the whole YouTube um, black hole. Um, so I, you can find literally anything on there. Anyway, so I had to search it and I found a TED Talk on it found how important it was um, mental health um, and how we're not really taught this this term self-efficacy you know we're not we're not taught what it is a lot of us don't even I didn't know what it was until I 
you know, you started talking about it, and so I researched it. Um, but basically, it's it's it is what you said is the alchemy. You know, it's the ability for us to self-regulate our emotions when we're in a really tough situation and be able to alchemize it um, and less, learn a lesson from it. It's basically what it is. And and that's what the term is. And um, there's steps of, of how to get from point A, which is the struggle, <laughs> to point B, which is the alchemization of the struggle. You know, being able to learn from it, getting coming out of, of a situation and feeling like I, I really did it I, I, I did it you know and and what happens in between um, which in the TED talk it's funny because I feel like I have experienced this often where um, at my job or at my work I've I've said you know I want to help people and the only way I know how to help people is to be a super like that's what I want to do you know, and have been told over and over that I'm not aggressive enough, um, that I'm not confident enough. I didn't know that those were requirements um, to be a supervisor up front, um, first of all. Um, I thought that when you look at someone to go into a position, you look at their potential, and you look at how much they want it, and you look at how much they're, they're willing to learn. To me, that's that's to be able to put someone in a higher position. That to me are the qualities. Is someone that's willing to learn and willing to um, adjust to everybody else, right? Because you're working for others when you're a supervisor. Um, realizing and changing from numbers to people, like that's the strength in a supervisor, right? To be able to mm-hmm. do that, anyways. So. Um, there's been a couple times where I've, I've tried to do this position and, and was told these things, right? Because I didn't fit the mold of what maybe they thought that was needed for whatever reason, maybe for their own perception, their own journeys that they've been through, right? And so I really got down on myself about that. Um, questioned myself. Um, I really went through a time where I felt like a lot of things on top of that were happening to me where my self-esteem was really low. Uh, my self-efficacy, my self-regulation of knowing my power mm-hmm. was thrown out the window. Um, and that's really, to me, what it means. Um, is, is the outside world, how does the outside world affect your inner world? Mm-hmm. Um, and how do you, regu- you know, regulate that, your emotions, all of that, to believe that you actually you can do things. I love that. I love the way you explained it with the regulation. And this is, I'm so glad that you brought that story up because this is a perfect example of how we are still programmed to be in the masculine energy. Because the reason that they, society believes that in order for you to be a leader or a supervisor, you have to be aggressive is because they are indoctrinated in the programming of the masculine energy only. And those corporations are going to get a big shock in their heads and their faces because the reality is that somebody, whether that's a man or a woman who is connected to her divine or his divine femininity, as well as a masculinity, will be the best leaders in the age of Aquarius. Without you putting service people before you, you will never be a good leader anymore. And those leaders are falling up fast because people don't respect them they're not motivated by them because in the end they're just looking for an outcome they're just looking to squeeze from the individual versus look at their talents and their potentials which is what you were looking at so for a woman who is leading a company who is owning her own company it is even more important for us to have the self-efficacy to not allow the patriarchy to hold us back from stepping into our power you know they say woman I think Guru Jaga just recently posted something like this, like, you know, they tell you to go out there as a woman and conquer the world, but don't get too successful because then that's a little too dangerous. So that is fantastic that you actually brought that up because that is one way where we are, our self-efficacy can become weakened by the perception of others. The other thing that you said that was really important was alchemization. And I want to talk about that. Alchemization is the ability to be with your feelings and emotions and self-regulate them. If you're not growing, you're dying. 
as you are growing, especially as an entrepreneur, as a mother, as a woman, you are going to feel uneasy feelings like fear, like anxiety. Our problem is that as children, we were never taught how to process those feelings. We were taught not to feel them. And that's where the problem lies with self-efficacy, that the imposter syndrome starts to kick in into women's head, that because they felt angry that day, or because they felt sad, or because they felt like crying, that all of a sudden that there's something wrong with us. That, that is the message that we need to alchemize and learn to teach our children how to be with your emotions. You know, we talked a lot about that with the dangers of social media. If our children are having emotions and they are then going to the technology to try to process, that's a way of numbing. That's like opening up the vodka cabinet and have allowing them to drink the vodka because it literally creates dopamine in the brain that then makes them feel better, but the emotion is still there. So Eckhart Tolle talks about this. Eckhart Tolle talks about the pain body and how the pain body is our unprocessed emotions from inner, as an inner child that then we reenact as an adult. And that is why a lot of the times we have such low levels of self-efficacy beyond not seeing others that inspire us and, admire, and we admire that are actually that have done the work to heal. It is a deeper programming, especially as it relates to women and especially as it relates to us not being free and liberated to feel what we feel. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's straight on. You know, we're, we're always taught. And as a, you know, it was a real, this week has been a real, like, eye-opener for me just to kind of see myself and what I do with my kids. But, you know, growing up, we were, we were never taught that the mind and the emotions were two separate things that we can actually get a hold of and control, right? We were always told to push them down, you know, don't cry, don't do this don't do that um you know and i think that's in coming into this work and teaching our kids you know we're parenting ourselves is what we say all the time we're parenting ourselves again right because we're not taught these things and what a beautiful thing to be able that's part of efficacy right is you know being able to reteach yourself as well and give yourself the tools that you need not only for yourself but for your kids right of children that we're teaching also we've always been on the negative you know telling the kids i mean you saw me at the basketball game when elisa didn't do something right she you know i would correct her instead of, of you know praising her right. which this is one of the things that i i heard on the ted talk too um you know that that praise we 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 look at praise as such an expensive thing right as such a we don't want to give too much of it you know which is we have to work around that programming as well because we think that when we give people um, pointers or coach them like that's the winner but it's actually in the praise where you give the confidence and you give those little things that people will remember that more that feeling they they connect more to that feeling right positive feeling and then the negative feeling of feeling like they're not enough um that one is will kind of lead you more away from your self-regulation because then you yeah. depend on the praise rather than praise come first and then coaching right you yeah. know we we have it backward we really do if you think about it because the the coaching creates a dependent totally. to the praise have these people that we're um, supervising or that we are looking or teaching or trying to do, you know, things, it's just not working because then, then they reach out to you and say, Hey, I, I don't know how to do this. Or when you know that they do. Right. And why is that? Because you're constantly coaching them and you're not actually praising them right. and, and building that self-efficacy within that person yeah. to be able to really know i i can do this and and it's it's quite important and and it starts as a child and it, it plays into our life right. well and then i think that's exactly why i believe traditional therapy doesn't work because first of all 
you have to go into the past and relive all your stories. You're not looking at the strengths and then you create a codependent relationship because you truly don't show the individual how to self-regulate, how to get to the root cause, which is the mind. You know, when the approach that I take, especially within Satori wellness and, and spirituality, first of all, I see everyone as equal and strong. I look at the strengths and we focus on that. We elevate our frequency in that manner. And as in my one-on-one -on -one clients, when I have a, 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 a somebody that I'm working with every Friday, it's all about focusing on how he and she can make herself feel better, not me make them feel better because they need to see it in themselves. They don't need me uh, or else you create this in really, really uh, codependent situation where the person really doesn't bring this and they don't learn self-efficacy and really good teachers. Like if you remember your favorite teachers, like in elementary school, they, the reason they were good was because they were building your self-efficacy. They were, they, and I can tell you because my second grade teacher, Mr. Mora, shout out to him who knows he's probably like 90 now, but, <laughs> but it, I, I just, when I think of self-efficacy, that's what he did. He built me strong. He, he believed in me, but he let me make mistakes. He let me, allowed me to be who I was. He, he challenged me and he, he did this naturally. And the reason that he did it naturally, because I remember that in second grade, every time you would win in a contest, he would invite you to his house and we would have pizza parties. And I would always win every month because I just wanted to go to his house. And his house was such a fun place to be. His, his wife was super nice. They had uh, two other kids who played with us. And every month I was at his house with the pizza party. So I realized that the only way you could really build self-efficacy in others is you have self-efficacy within yourself. The only way you can truly praise others, your children, is if you have not bypassed your own healing, you're not an absent parent, and you praise yourself. Otherwise, it will come out false, and they'll sense it. And in relationships for women, it is the hardest thing, especially if you have been hurt or broken by your partner because I know for me when we were on our healing journey the hardest part wasn't the healing the hardest part was afterwards where I had to be vulnerable with an open heart and completely be not a bitch there's even books out there that say that men love bitches ladies the only reason that a book is even created was because you're finding broken men broken men don't I mean conscious men don't like bitches why would anybody want to be with somebody that's constantly treating them like shit? It is only if you're attracting an unconscious man that that man will want the rough life. And if that man hasn't done his own healing. So we need to learn to be vulnerable, healing our heart, our inner child programming, learning to forgive, forgive ourselves so that we could truly be able to praise others. Otherwise, it's, it's not going to work. And that's why for me, this week has been so tough because as I came out of my Kundalini Yoga therapy train, I was telling you be careful what you wish for ladies if you want to be a therapist or a teacher the reality is you have to integrate the work daily and you have to keep yourself keep yourself clean high frequency no consumption of low frequency foods drugs anything and number one you have to take care of yourself if you do not self-care and if you do not have a high level of self-efficacy you will never be able to help others and you will take on everyone else's problems so that's why this week like I shared with you my biggest hurdle is I can help everyone everyone left and right my biggest hurdle is am I going to help myself am I going to put myself first because throughout my life in the masculine energy push 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 I make it happen but it's through push, push, push. And then the nervous system breakdown comes. And then all the other illnesses come, the addictions. I don't think that's a path you all want to take. I think it's easier for us to go within and build that self-efficacy from within so that we are able to be successful in all areas of our life. I don't know what you think. Yeah, no, yeah, I agree 100%. Again, it's the self-regulation. Um, you know, it's knowing yourself enough to say, okay, I need to take a step back right now. Um, it's it's living through life, but, you know, knowing yourself enough to know when you've got to take care of yourself or when you're taking things on from others. It's it's a, an ecosystem within your your brain and your body. Um, it's a connection that you're, you're making within yourself and you're promising to yourself that you're always going to come back to yourself. You, um, you know, whatever that may be, that you don't allow the outside to make that. 
contact go away with yourself, really. Um, when I first started the spiritual journey, I mean, it was tough, but it's one of the things that I had posted in one of my um, things that I had wrote the other day, right, is that I made that commitment to myself. Um, I promised myself that this is where I was supposed to go, was back within myself. Um, and, and no matter what moved around me, that I, I always came back to myself, no matter how dark the the it may seem or how hard it may seem. And I may not want to come back to myself because of the triggers that I have to remember that I always need to come back to myself, right? Because that's where the real connection is. And that's the hardest part. And as a recovering hustler, I can tell you that the that was a big shift in perception for me this week where I realized, and actually Eckhart Tolle said this, he's just, I don't know if any of you ladies have listened to him. I, that He actually was the human being who started me on my spiritual awakening journey back in 2008 when he was doing the teleseries on the power of now. He was, uh, we were driving back from California one day and I was listening to him and little Damien, he was only like two years old at that time, my son, he says, mom, is that God speaking? I was like, no, honey, that's Eckhart Tolle. <laughs> but he really, the energy that he gave off was just it's so mellow and beautiful. But he said something really important because there was a lady who had gone through serious cancer and she realized that she almost died. And she realized that the reason she got the cancer was because she was always stressed and she was always busy, 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 busy. So she was asking a question of how do I not be busy or how do I stay busy without being stressed? And Eckhart said something that totally shifted my consciousness. He said, anything you're doing is secondary to the most important thing, which is your state and level of consciousness. And as a hustling woman who puts everyone else first before she puts herself it doesn't matter my level of consciousness. I always take care of the situation. It doesn't matter if you are saving the world, like creating an eight-week program that's going to heal ancestral karmic lineage. If you are not in your sapnam, in your state of consciousness, the result and the product of that work, and that has to do with all of your business, ladies, will be detrimental because your level of consciousness was not in the now. So we must shift our perception and understand that what is a priority is our self-efficacy and our state of consciousness. And that we must learn to walk away from a project, from a situation, from a job, from a person, when we are not in our satnam, to recalibrate our energy so that we, when we come back, it'll be not only more productive, more effective, and more impactful. And that is what we need to all shift. And it takes control of the mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And can we shift the perception on... on also, can we, we recoin the hustle, right? Um, the hustle, it's, it's part, but also it's like the hustle for you. Like, it, it's, that's the whole thing, right? Consciousness is saying, okay, I'm aware that the hustle, I'm going to hustle, but guess who I'm doing it for? For myself, right. right? No one else. Because even if you are hustling out there and, and working and but it, but again it's like coming back to yourself and saying all right you know i i did that i did that and and now i i need to make sure that i check in with myself and does it align with who i am and what i'm going for you know starting this business for me um on the side has really been an eye-opener of not wanting to rush through it not wanting to get to the end you know, I've read books, I've heard, you know, talks, all of this stuff of how you can get to the end point. But to me, and maybe it may be a little bit of fear that comes with getting to that end point, but I really want to enjoy where I'm at right now, right? With the couple of orders that I have now, you know, with the repeat customers that I have now. Like, I'm really enjoying this this part this is the most beautiful part where you learn and you create and then you find solutions and then you know you you look at things and you're like okay oh my gosh i didn't know i could do that and now i'm doing it you know it's the alchemization that process you know this is this is where you learn the self-efficacy this is where it takes you on the journey and that may be in your job 
that may be in your relationship, right? Because when you're having real struggles in a relationship, it's the time really when you come back, if you really truly know yourself and have the confidence, which going back onto uh, the men want bitch, and also I do want to say that um, men want women that know who they are, that okay. do not need anyone else. Now, okay. I think that too is a perception that we have to shift. You know, why is that coined as a bitch? No, if someone really knows herself, I think we really have things just misconstrued because of what society tells us, right? That certain terms are, and it only lives within these terms, which is why I've been, and I'm sorry, I'm rambling, no. but this is why I've been getting so much into writing and poetry, because words don't, words are not singular. Words are not in a plain level. Words are really, can, can mean many many things so i i truly invite all of us to start thinking of these words and how do they fit within your life how do they what do they mean to you and then coining those words and using them as they see fit to you you'd be surprised how the unity consciousness will take that because i think we're all ready to recoin all of these words yeah. right yeah. and really define these words for for our growth now right no and i believe me i one time i was called a bitch and i was like yup and i'm proud of it yeah. <laughs> so because so <laughs> yes but the way this book was saying it it was more like just the toxic femininity yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah it wasn't it wasn't <laughs> it didn't describe a woman that knows herself but yeah to, right. like it's almost like when you say a, when you call a girl bossy you know that's not necessarily a a bad thing you know right, right. so totally and i love what you just said about you not wanting to get to the end see the world teaches you you got to figure out the end you got to figure out the end because that's how i'm trained masculine energy what you just said is the most beautiful beautiful thing because that means that you're on a dharmic purpose because you don't give a shit about the outcome you are enjoying the process so much and this has to do with all of the inner healing you have done my friend you have completely trans you are a whole other queen from even a year ago i'm just like wow you're wise the uh writings you share with me are so beautiful the poems and how easily they come through you that is a result of your inner work and you remembering who you are and so for you not wanting to get to the end that's an incredible beautiful sign that you're on the right path and don't let anybody around you tell you how you should do things Because, you know, many times I'm like, oh, do this and do that with the business. And that you need to follow your intuitive guidance because only you know your baby. Yeah. Ultimately, you are not your business. Your business has its own entity. It's its own, its own life. It's got its own spirit and soul. You are serving the ideal of the business. And if you can see it that way, then your self-efficacy around challenges will be so strong that you'll be able to sustain the storms and really grow. Because the people that I've seen grow in their business are those that have surrendered fully to the process, have accepted fully where they're at, and are not needing anything. Because when you need something, ladies, you're telling the universe it's not there and it will never come. If you are it already, if you are full, then it is there already and it is inevitable that it's going to manifest in your outer reality. So we're, yeah. we're doing it all backwards. Yeah, and you come in with a more clear mind, right, where you can't find solutions. A lot of us feel stagnant or feel like um, in anything in my relationship in your your children's relationships and your mother's relationships and in your work relationship you know if you feel stagnant that is because you haven't surrendered yeah. to the situation you must 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 accept the situation and then that will bring clarity and space for solutions mm -hmm. i i literally that was just like like you know i've, I've always i've always thought okay i need to have solutions i need to have solutions if if i have an issue today it needs to be solved by tomorrow but not wanting to surrender this is me not surrendering this is me saying there should be a solution i should just know the solution and why would i just know the solution in that moment yeah there's going to be moments in the flow where you find the solutions because you've surrendered to it you've let it go you've let go of the outcome and you just are and then that's when the solutions start 
coming, the different things. Even just saying, you know what, I'm going to try this different thing. I'm not going to attach to this. I'm just going to try this differently. You know, and that's part of the whole um, spiritual meditation. The, you know, when you go to the mat, you have to surrender to the thoughts that are going to come. You know, the memories that are going to come, the triggers that are going to come, you know, you have you, if you're in the mat, you just have to surrender to the fact that if you're trying to meditate and you're thinking about the 50 million things that you have to do, that's just where you're at in that space, that moment, right? And that's why bringing that to the world and to this dimension is such a... And then also being able to listen, you know, being able to hear, you know. There's there's things that, that people around me, even in my business my customers will say something and I'm like, okay, I caught that. I don't know how to solve that problem right now, but I hear you. It's right here. Right. And and when I see it, it's going to come to me and, and my connection to back here where I stored it to my eyes, I'm, I'm going to connect that and it's going to come at the time it needs to. You know, doesn't mean that I need to have a solution for it right now, but it's knowing how to put those thoughts right here. And then when you physically see them putting the solutions together, and that again, that can be in anything, because even if you're dealing with a relationship or with your kids, you know, you realize, okay, my kid did this, so I'm going to put it back here. My kid did this and it really upset me or irritated me. And then you go through your day and you, you think about it, right? You meditate while you're, you're in your day. And then you come to a solution like, okay, I, maybe I should have answered it this way. Or maybe they need to see things this way. Or maybe we need to talk about this. Yeah, and I think what you're describing ultimately is is, is trust. And, and you cannot trust if you don't have a stable nervous system and if you don't know who you are. And like Diane says here, oh, yes, girl, surrender to all of it. Absolutely. And people right away when they hear the word surrender, they think weak. Yet surrender is a direct alignment with emotional intelligence because if you are emotionally intelligent you can surrender and trust that all of life is happening for you not to you and when you don't know who you are and you don't have a stable nervous system you haven't processed all of those inner child wounds your energy's out of whack you have emotions that are uncontrolled your mind is uncontrolled you'll never be able to surrender you'll continue to push against life you'll continue to push against everything and anyone and everyone will become your enemy and that's just how it goes so as it relates to self-efficacy and holistic healing, you talked about coming to the mat, facing yourself, processing emotions, right? Why do you think, especially, I talked a little bit about this, but I want to get your perspective. Why do you think, especially women of color, black and brown women, indigenous women, or do you think that we have such a low level of self-efficacy as it relates to even doing the inner work, coming to the mat and believing that meditation can actually heal you and kundalini yoga can heal you that it's not something you do to get a nice body or to exercise you why do you think that our culture specifically has such a low or do you think that they have such a low level of self-efficacy around that um i think that's i think that's very personal i guess um i think that we all women of color um experience life a little bit different you know, um, I think we are the most that have forgotten um, our value. Uh, so I think I heard someone say this yesterday, but women are born with inherent value. Like we are valuable when we are born, right? And we're queens and, and we forget that, when, you know, through what society or what other whatever they make us think of ourselves, but specifically women of color. Um, I don't know where it happened. I know where it happened for me. Um, I know that the perceptions of others really damaged my self-efficacy and being able to, God, my life has really been a struggle of a, of feel, not feeling worthy enough because of the color of my skin and because the way my body was built, my body's built very different than, than others, you know? Not not others, but you know, that than the status quo, you know, of what a woman should look like. Um, so it's, it's a lot of the outer perception, I think that women of color, and then also we are automatically told 
when we are born that we have to work harder. And I know this is something that I've told my daughters. You know, you have to work harder because of the color of your skin. You're not going to be seen the same. So I'm already setting this up for my daughters and, and showing them that they need to work harder because of the color of their skin, because of my experiences, right? And because of, of things that were done to me. You know, I remember going into going into Sears with my mom. Uh, what was it at the time? I don't remember, but it was a different store before it was Sears. Montgomery Ward. Yeah. <laughs> See how that memory just like going to Montgomery Ward and my mom didn't speak English and there was only, um, you know, some uh, an American there. And I was, what, seven? Seven years old? Gosh. And my mom was like, you need to tell them that I need to return this. I opened it and it doesn't fit. And and the lady really just looked down on me because I was translating for my mother. Not only did she look down on me, she looked down on my mom, you know? And, and um, gosh, that memory, man, the way, the way the lady looked down on me because I was translating, for my mother, it, it will never, never leave me, and it really triggers a lot in me because I, I really, it's a lot of this, this, these color issues that I've run into, and the anger that's built inside me, maybe I need to go back and meditate on that memory, really, and, and just see that person with love. Because when you're a kid, you know, you never you never think that the color of your skin is going to be a reason why someone or the language that you speak is ever going to be a reason why someone's going to look at you differently. I've never, that was my first experience with that. And it's not even like she kicked us out of the store. It was just that mid, just, just, the, just the, the feeling that I got. You know, it, it wasn't even that we were arrested. It wasn't anything to that degree. But I, I want people to really realize that the way that they come off and what they're bringing out, is it really can affect especially a child, you know? And so and since then, that's when I, I realized that, wow, the color of my skin and the way that I speak really does affect the way that people look at me you know unfortunately you know and and um i think we all all women of color have this same story maybe in a different form you know we have all experienced that that feeling um it's and i think we alchemize it now you know and what we teach our daughters you know maybe instead of teaching them that they need to be stronger because they are just telling them you are already beautiful you know and no matter what anybody tells you you're gorgeous your skin is beautiful yeah you know it's it's maybe the way that we have to reteach our daughters but i think it's a big big thing that that our community has to really work on and i think we're afraid of going to the map because we're afraid of those memories <laughs> And maybe having to deal with those and um, really having to come to terms with that, you know, and really having to come to terms that that the way that others see us affect us inside, you know, having to surrender to that because we as women of color mostly want to go out and say the way that my color, my skin is, I don't care, you know, but we really do care <laughs> because we've been taught that. And maybe it's not that, but maybe it's having to go back and re rework that that first memory that we experienced, and and really trying to alchemize that that memory um, to be able to to move differently and and know that I'm already worth it. I don't the color of my skin; it does not matter because I'm I'm worth it. Yeah. You know, I am of value. <laughs> I bring a lot of value, actually. Yes. Yes. And that, that needed to happen for you to perhaps teach your daughters differently now, yeah. you know, and, and 
so many of us can relate to a story like that. This is why I'm so glad you shared that. Thank you so much for being vulnerable and, and sharing that. Diane says she can relate to that and I'll read the rest of the comments right now. And all of us have a story like this, ladies, and a lot of us don't even remember it, but it lives in our subconscious mind and then it plays out in our adult life. And this is why we cannot bypass our own healing. You know, as a little girl, I didn't want to speak Spanish. I, I remember being made fun of because my skin, I was the morena. I was the darkest one in my family. And I didn't, not only did I not want to speak Spanish, when I got to first grade, I taught myself how to read English. My teacher didn't even know I was in an ESL class. And it was a migrant learning class. And I came from school one day and she told me, how did you learn how to teach yourself how to read English? And I said, I just, I taught myself. And deep down, it was a little girl who didn't want to speak Spanish because of all the fun they would make of me, of the clothes I wore, my hair. And I had to do a lot of healing around that through the inner work. And now I absolutely love my color of my skin. I love my indigenous roots. I love, you know, it's crazy that my boys actually loved it before I did more. They were so, my, my oldest one is so into his roots and the indigenous uh, tribe that we come from and our history and history and and, and, you know, I can't, and look back and yes, they were very painful moments of being told you're a wetback and you're an immigrant and you're not worthy, even though I was the smartest one in the class, I was always getting straight A's and it was never enough though for society and a society where our color would just, is not enough. But that in itself also gave me a lot of strength and power to, to break those cycles, to always be the youngest, the only brown woman in the room, and whether that was in a nonprofit as a president or in a board of directors, or even now in the holistic world where now I'm teaching other women how to do this inner work themselves. When I came here, like I told you, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe it's only also white people. Like, what the hell? You know, I thought that I was gonna find more diversity here. And and I see, you know, right? <laughs> But I can see that, that it, all of that happened in the past was preparing me to be strong and to be able to do this now. But it does take a lot of inner healing and being with those emotions and they may come up again and you might cry again. And like, yeah. I, think, I think it was uh, Catherine, um, Kathy, where are you? Uh, embrace your, your tears with love and compassion. There is your power. That is a beautiful yeah. comment because when we embrace our emotions and we can feel what we feel, whether it was a tragic incident or whatever it is. And that's where the power truly lies. And we're so afraid of our power. Mm -hmm. And that in itself is self-efficacy. That's it right there. That's it, right? It's the alchemization of those painful memories, those, the heart, the heart, you know, and being able to turn it into growth okay. and into your power and your thought. Now that, that's it. That's, 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 the full circle there right yes and i also want to welcome Catherine into our community she's our newest member welcome thank you so much for joining us we're so excited to help you rukia says her energy tells it all as children we are even more sensitive to that 100 percent. that's where the pain body starts to become created in us and then that pain body becomes our subconscious mind a lot of it we also carry from our ancestors the oppression they yeah. went through so we carry that Shame. with yeah, shame. A lot of shame. That's what it, that's what I felt when she looked at me. I was ashamed because my mom didn't speak English. Right. You know. Right. And I wish we could go back to the Montgomery Wards and find her. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Tell her how well we're doing. Yeah. We're doing. We're doing just fine. <laughs> no, but you're right. Send her prayer, right? And this, yeah, this, yeah, of course. This is how it, this is how the real healing starts, right? And, uh, and you know, a lot of it is just not naive yeah. a lot of it is just maybe we were coming into a time where it wasn't it was a change you know it was a big change of migrant workers coming in yeah. and working the fields when we went into into Oxnard into that area you know it was it, it was a big change for for the society around it so it's a lot of it is having to work together and you know on top of the language barrier so I don't hold anything about that but i do i do wish we make that conscious uh move 
uh, as a un, you know con- unity consciousness of the way that our emotions and vibrations they are felt. Right. You you don't have to say a word. It, it, the way that you look at someone, you know. So it's it's very important that that's why it's so important that we really check ourselves, you know, and check ourselves often, you know, on the mat. Just check yourself because you come out. I mean, we all have bad days and we all have moments of judgment. That's just who we are. We're humans. We're not, you know, light beings every single day, you know. But but for most of it, you come into with a different intention, you know, and you try to see people with compassion. And that's really going to make the change. Yeah. And we are turning into light beings. And we're going to talk about that next week because a lot of people are feeling even deeper emotions right now. And the reason that is, is because our bodies are being transmuted. Our solar plexus is being transmuted. And what that does is that it brings up all the inner child wounds out and they're coming out big time, especially as it relates to the subconscious mind. And so we have the tools now to alchemize and to transmute and to be able to bring the healing journey fully home so that we could truly step into our power and, and not feel like an imposter all the time. Know that you are whole and complete already. To believe that is to truly be sovereign. Yeah. And Rukia says, such a powerful, such a power you were using multiple languages. The woman judging only knew one. Ooh, that gave me chills. That's how I feel now. My, my perception is much, much higher. And not higher, but my perception is, it's, it's on many levels um uh yeah it's what makes me my creative is knowing those languages and it's what i love about myself now actually it's i really love myself um i i really love my skin i i love my hair like i really love myself i've never really thought that way but i i actually really do love it i love all of it love it especially from such a short time of you doing the inner work to to have such a transformation is just beautiful but that's what happens ladies i mean literally i'm not kidding you i've tried a lot of different holistic modalities as you all know been to the peruvian jungle i've tried all different types of yogas and meditation psychedelic assisted psychotherapy there hasn't been enough therapy traditional i've never tried traditional therapy because i never believed in it because i never believed in it reiki i became a reiki master and reiki really does help me in with my meditation but i don't practice it on other people Uh, i do it for myself or for the children for my kids or my husband but the kundalini yoga is like taking a jet back home because it works right into the subconscious mind rewires the energy and here's the thing ladies and this is what i've been feeling this week especially as you start to practice kundalini energy is life force energy it's the divine feminine it awakens in you and what happens is that as it starts to awaken in you it starts to deliver you to your destiny what you're here to do as a soul when you start to experience kundalini symptoms such as anxiety depression uh, dark night of the soul you're feeling ungrounded you're just not feeling like yourself. The, the, it's not the kundalini energy that's the problem. The problem are the, the thought systems, the programs, the energy that is blocking the kundalini from flowing naturally. And that is why we go through spiritual awakenings that are very abrupt sometimes, or we go through very long dark nights of the soul because we haven't faced those inner child wounds. And so as you start to practice Kundalini, what happens is that your energy starts to flow in a more natural state and you learn to surrender to the moment, like you said, on the mat. And as the energy starts to flow, you're delivered to your destiny, which ultimately what is our destiny? It's the accumulation of our thoughts, emotions, and feelings that we can change by changing our energy. And so this process of awakening, of healing, although it may not be a walk in the park, it is so worth it. And as you start to feel uncomfortable, you start to realize that you're growing and you start to learn more to surrender. And as we get older, ladies, that is called wisdom. That's what that is. Because I know for me, I'm going to be an ancestor one day. I don't know if you've ever thought about that. I'm going to be an ancestor. So for me, what kind of ancestor do I want to be? And as I get older, I want to be able to integrate more wisdom so that I could truly leave a legacy for my lineage. I don't want to just run through this life and not really 
make an impact, especially for my boys. And to me, that's why it's worth it to face myself and to come into the mat and to cleanse and to purge and to detoxify and do all these things that a lot of people are just not willing to do. I'm willing to go all in in this incarnation. And it sounds like you you kind of are there too. <laughs> yeah, I've already been on. I kind of chose me. <laughs> the soul journey life chose me. <laughs> it pulled me through a very dark dark tunnel but i made it i'm making it through i'm glad you said that yeah it chose me i didn't choose it for sure yeah it really did it really does and if you're listening to this it probably chose you too so welcome your kundalini is awakening in you it's just time for you to learn how to work with it it's just trying to deliver you to your destiny diane says i feel you lizzie i experienced it growing up and my daughter did in high school wow we still have generations like them still experiencing it you know i think my I don't know if my boys have experience. I've never actually fully asked them. I think Alexander one time, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, he did tell me about something that happened to him. So yeah, it's, and Alexander's the same age as yours, Diane. So they're probably- At least did. What? And I was there. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's still it's, happening. It's still, oh yeah, it's happening. And I mean, I was, I was just walking through the situation and I saw it and I was, my that 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 moment of me being a kid that but she's so innocent she didn't even think of it that way you know it wasn't even that's the difference i think now from this newer generation and these newer kids you know these kids um they're just seeing things a little bit different i think they're born into more maybe more love is what i'm seeing because elise really did it way at all um at all and so I didn't mention it or anything. I just made sure she, I talked to her, but I didn't bring it up because I didn't want to, you know, have her think of it that way, you know, but um, yeah. Well, it could be because you do, you're doing such a great job as a conscious parent that she didn't yeah. see it that way. You know, the reason perhaps that you felt so hurt when we were with my mom was because she did not that she was a bad parent, but she didn't have the resources, strength. And imagine they immigrated from a whole other country. Like to do I, when we moved states from California to Arizona, that was like shocking and, and crazy. I was like, what? can you imagine moving from country to country where you don't speak the language? You have to find a job. You're poor. You, you know, you, you barely making it. I mean, it wasn't that she didn't want to be, I mean, she protected us so much. She loved us. We always had clean house, a clean, we always had homemade meals. I don't even know how she did it. You know how she actually did it. It's crazy with four kids. So she did the best she could at the time, but obviously by being a present parent and, and doing your own inner work, you can be there to hold the space for your children so that they don't have to carry these pain bodies with them into adulthood like we did, you know? Oh, again, everything happens the way it needs to happen. No regrets and you cannot ever, ever, ever change the past. What you can change is your perception about the past. And that is what self-efficacy is all about. <laughs> True. Yeah. Diane says, especially in junior high, she realized how cruel people can be who are not like you. Yeah, I think you're probably right, Diane. It's probably worse now because the kids are parenting themselves. And maybe it's not a race thing. It could be like a body thing or a, uh, it probably is still a race thing, though. Let's not tuck that shit under the rug. We're still dealing with that, that stuff. And, and this is where... It's ridiculous, you know, to, to even think about race. I don't even, I can't even imagine what a race is. You know, we're all the same, but um, that's something that we're healing through. And I, I have a lot of faith in, in what we're moving through. Rupia says, looking back on all the situations like this, it was always someone projecting their fear of my, our power. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, their fear of not knowing, um, it being something different, something they're not used to. Yeah. 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 And Joe says, as a white woman who doesn't see color, I really get disgusted with those who do. Thank you, Joe, for your comment on that. And I can say that as a friend of yours, that is a hundred percent true. This woman has given me nothing but love and hugs and I miss you dearly and I love you and I'm sending you a big hug beautiful and that's why in our community we're they're all colors we have uh brown black we don't have any red but we have, I'm just kidding but we have white we have 
purple. We have every single color and all ages. They're from 28 all the way up to 58. And, you know, so it's, it's we're a very, very diverse group. The only reason we keep calling out, bringing in the colored women is because there's not a space for them in this world to truly, somebody that understands this stuff, the deep, the deep ancestral programs that we have to break through. It's, it's a lot different, a healing journey for someone who has been an immigrant than someone who has perhaps not lived through those uh, horrible ways we're separated as a human race. But yeah, 100%, Joe, and I love you so much for being. Veronica has been a guiding light for me in understanding myself and my self-worth. Oh, Joe, I love you so much. Thank you for being here. I love you, love you, love you. Beautiful goddesses. Diane says, love you, Lizzie. God sent me to BHC to meet this beautiful woman. I love you, Joe. Thank you. Yes, a perfect example of how maybe the world is healing, right? We are coming to become friends um, together. Diane says, it's a beautiful, chaotic road leading to destination of inner peace. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Like, it's not planned. You can't compare your journey to someone else. You just got to get on it. <laughs> I didn't choose the Kundalini life. It chose me. 100%. I didn't either. <laughs> I was like, how did this happen? I did ask God, though. I need solutions, God. I've been through it all. I hate, I know it's me because I keep repeating the lesson. So please, please. And then God gave it to me. I was like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. It's like I was telling you to um, this week, you know, like, be careful what you wish for. If you want to be a teacher, if you want to help others as, as a therapist, you better get your shit under control and you better have, be in high frequency and you want to cleanse out. And are you really willing to do that? Because <laughs> because if you're not, you're going to suffer tremendously, tremendously. So absolutely, 100%. So any last words of advice as it relates to self-efficacy, strengthening, anybody who may be on their own personal journey of healing, what could they possibly do to begin? Because I think they're... Perfect example of what could happen with transformation once you actually do the inner work. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so I actually wrote something down Ooh. as my closing thoughts. I have a quote that I heard today. Hello. Okay, um, so it's from Henry Ford, and it says, whether you believe you can or cannot, you're right. The power of the mind. So whether you believe you can or cannot, you're right you're already right so just i can say the strength comes within you to choose really what you can and can't do and i i just hope that if there's people out there that are fearing taking the next step into something or really nervous about something or making a change their life or their work or their relationships um, already in you. That dream is already in you. That thought is already in you. And sometimes that's as scary as it may be. You just have to take the next step. And use, use your meditations for that. You know, prayer, all of that stuff really speaking to the universe, speaking to God, really. But but it, at the end of the day, it's in your mind. So whatever you believe really is, is the limits that you put yourself. Um, nobody said we came into this world to do things perfectly. You know, we, we actually come into this world, like you say, to grow. And if we're not growing, we're dying. So don't die. Just grow. Yes, definitely. And it's not linear. You're like, kick, 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 yeah, kick. yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but like we talked about yeah. with self-efficacy, it's like you said, you have to take the next step to build it, right? To strengthen it. And if you have a community of sisters that are supporting you, it's going to be a lot easier, a lot easier. And believe me, because I was one that was never part of any communities. And that was what was killing me, you know, as women, especially being around each other is very, very important virtually is just as powerful we can literally change the world by being together and meditating together and it just i mean there's a, a author lynn lynn mctaggart you all should go find her work uh she wrote the book called the field and she does uh meditation uh, experiments throughout the world and 
eight people she gets to meditate together, they set an intention. They've been able to reduce crime in neighborhoods. They've been able to heal people from tumors. They've been able to do the remarkable things that you know you wouldn't even believe. And thank God it's all documented now. And we have uh, uh, evidence so that the self-efficacy of people can start to really become stronger as it relates to healing and holistic modalities. Cause that's one of the biggest objections and challenges I get from people, from women especially. I don't think it's going to work for me. I can't go into a coma when I meditate. It's not about going into a coma. It's about feeling your feelings. And there are going to be some days where the meditation is going to feel like a honeymoon. And most of the days, because I'm not going to lie to you, it is not. It is going to be rewiring, facing your shit, processing it, and dealing with it. And I can't promise you, if you don't attach yourself to an outcome, the journey becomes so much more beautiful and so much more joyful. Thank you, Lizzie, for opening your heart today to our beautiful community, for sharing from truth and honesty. That's why I love you so much. You're just wise beyond your years. She's actually younger than me, but she is incredibly wise. I don't know if I would say wiser than me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, we're, we're getting there. We're, no, we're I, working. equal, like totally. I can, I can reach out to this woman and say, this is what I'm going through. And two seconds later, oh back in my set num. And same yeah. thing with the community, you know, yeah. I shared with everyone on Monday, we all were purging and detoxifying from something. I am part of your community. So I do the work too. I purge from something I share with you all on Friday, everything. So I do the work side by side with you all ladies, because I get excited about growing. I, I'm, I'm not done. You know, I'm, imagine yeah. there's so many amazing things. I, I have such high, you know, uh, frequency thoughts about what a beautiful life, you know, the best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. And, and, and more importantly, I'm perfectly at peace with the now. Perfectly at peace with the now. So thank you. I love you so much. Love you ladies so much. If you want to learn a little bit more about our community, Satori Wellness and Spirituality, you can check out the link in my bio or you can go to veronicaberriganiam.com forward slash three-step framework. It's actually a 55-minute training you can take. It gives you an overview of the SWC work that we do. This month, we're doing detoxification and purification. <laughs> it's only been a week already. <laughs> it's been life-changing. So join us in taking that training. And if you have any questions at all, you can actually send me messages through the training. And I get them right away, as well as DM me. You know, we still can, you can DM me and I'm here to support you. For those that have sent me messages, private messages, I just want to say I'm praying for you. I'm sending you so much love. You're doing amazing. And like Lizzie say, the next step is just reaching out, right? And, and actually reaching out to someone or, or starting that process of, of, I know I can do this and I deserve it, right? That's the most important thing. So go to the link there. Any new nails this, this week or are you slammed or what's going on with you? Because yeah. I know I asked you for a new nail set. <laughs> I know. I've, I've been blessed enough to have quite a bit of orders. So I just... I think everybody that supported me really, and I, I, I really love doing this. I really do. I really love what I can give you guys, and intentionally, and and just thank you for so much of the support. Really, it it, it really amazes me when women support each other. How high we can get, and and there's a there's a piece for everyone. There's there's no shortage, ladies. There's no no need to to compete against each other really really the support has been beautiful that really gives me a lot of hope really for women and us and and supporting each other so um yeah thank you so much and and uh, i am gonna be focused this weekend solely on my business so i have a lot more photos and and fun things for you guys too and talks too because i really do want to get more in front of you guys that's beautiful. So where can they follow you? Avida de Lizzie. So it's V-I-D-A-D, the number three, Lizzie. Um, that's where you can find me. All right. So check I out. get hooked on nails. Yeah, we're addicted, unfortunately. Like every other day, I'm like, okay, look at these. I want these now. I want these. You know what's funny <laughs> is that every single woman that has reached out to me is like, wait, like this, but wait, this too. And, and I'm like, do not even feel bad because it's like addicting to look at nails and then like 
what you can create and then seeing them it's, it really is you have so many options so but you're super talented like if you send her any design ladies she literally recreates it i don't know how the heck you do that but you get into the flow state obviously it sounds like and, yeah, and i'm yeah. so glad you found something like that that is like that is a meditation <laughs> what you're yeah. doing so Definitely. find your dharma and you'll be totally in meditation your entire life and this whole life is a meditation it's a long beautiful meditation and we get to we get to play in it so thank you so much thank you ladies for being here welcome to our newest members i'll go ahead and post them in the facebook group today uh so excited to bring new sisters on board and again if you want to know a little bit more about the stvc method go to the link we have a really cool um teacher this month too uh yes we have a new moon circle on saturday the 13th pisces new moon circle with I'll talk a little bit more about next week, but I do want to uh, talk about her because she is a Latina Hispanic uh, astrologer who's going to be, oh. yes, I know. Isn't that great? I was trying to find somebody and she came into my uh, awareness and I was so happy. Her name is uh, Lupe Terrones, Zodiac by Lupe. She's going to, she's an astro healer, astrologist, and, astrologer and healer. And she'll be doing a, a new moon workshop for us next Saturday, the 13th. So you all are already members. I'm so excited. Be ready because this Pisces new moon is very, very abundant. So check out the details. Go to SWC. Go, go find out more about the SWC method by clicking on the link in the bio. Thank you, ladies. Have a blessed week. I'm so excited. Next week, we're going to be talking about how we are changing, transmuting body, mind, spirit, our inner child, our solar plexus. So get ready. See you all on Monday at 10 a.m. Bye, Lizzie. Bye. Love you. I love you. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's Sovereign Women Movement Show podcast episode. Let's continue the conversation by joining me in my free training on how to heal emotionally and awakening spiritually, where I share with you my exact three-step framework, the SWC method on how to take your sovereignty back. So click on the link below and pick a time that works best for you. Also, follow me on Instagram at Veronica Bear again, I am, and also in our community page at Sovereign Woman Movement. I look forward in connecting with you there. Satnam.